Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Molly Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. So, um, as Ryan was talking about the dirt and times of rest, we can see that God actually created us to live this life, this human experience. It was actually designed to work in the context of God created rhythms, right? He made rhythms. We can see it in the way that he designed day and night, right? From the very beginning, that there's this daytime and it's, it's, it's full of work, right? And energy and activity. And then we hit night and we turn off, right? We turn off this, this recoup time. But you can see it in the way God made seasons, right? The rhythms of, of summer, spring, summer, fall, winter, right? That things grow and they come alive and they flourish and they produce fruit. And then they have their downtime, their, their break, their time of hibernation and rest and quietness. We can see it in the life of Jesus. Jesus embodied rhythms in, uh, in his ministry, right? We could see that he would have times where he was with crowds and he was teaching. He had times of, of just like around the table with his disciples. And then he had times where he would sneak off and get into uh, what they call a remote place, a quiet place, a solitary place, just with the Father. He had desert seasons, right? He embodied rhythms. So we can see that God designed us to function within rhythms of work and rest, but in different seasons, whether it's a fruitful season, a work season, or it's a season where the ground is allowed just to rest and be quiet, we know that through all of them, despite different seasons and different rhythms, that God still has an intended outcome for us doesn't matter what season it's in, despite the season, he has an intended outcome that he still has in mind for us that holds steady through the different rhythms and different seasons that we would face. And here is God's desire through all seasons that we actually are moving towards maturity. All of us moving towards maturity. And this is what um, Paul writes in Ephesians. And I, I want you just to key in on this verse and look for the purpose. Like, what is God saying? What's the purpose that he has for us, his church? This is what um, Paul writes. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the, in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's his purpose for us, his goal for us. He's laid it out in front of us. All of this, we're moving towards maturity. The author of Hebrews writes this in Hebrews 6.1, therefore, like he's beseeching us, therefore let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. I love the Amplified's way of saying that. It says, advancing on towards maturity. The author of Hebrews goes on to say in Hebrews 12.1 that this advancing on to maturity, that this is the course marked out for us. This is the race we are running on this earth, all of us, in all of our different stages of life, in all of the rhythms that we would find there's a common thread, maturity, maturity. Kevin and I live on the northeast side of Palatine, and one of my favorite things about our location where we live is we cross one street and we are in the forest reserve with its miles of trails and its deer spottings. And um, as a runner, I will get, I'll get in on these trails every once in a while. And I just love, I love the shaded, you know, you, it's like five degrees cooler in there on a hot summer day. And 
I love the miles of trails and just the beauty of it and the, the air and like the, just, just the surrounding. And every once in a while I'm running and I'll catch like, you know, I'll see the patch of blue sky through the trees and, and I can just be in there on a run by myself in the quiet with my own thoughts or, or maybe a really good podcast of some sort. And so every once in a while, on this run as I am just moving along, uh, enjoying the beauty and the, the, the vibrancy around me. Every once in a while, I have this experience where I'm running along, you know, completely out of nowhere. I'm doing my thing, you know, trail, running, trees, moving, breathing. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm going from upright, moving along, humming along, enjoying my podcast to this position sprawled out on the ground, face in the dirt, you know, scraped hands with like mud screech marks up my arm, hole in the knee of my tights. And I'm sitting there on the ground and it happens so fast and I'm assessing the damage. I'm like, oh, is that like a pulled hamstring? And like, what am I going to do with like, you know, do I turn around? Do I go back? I'm assessing the damage. And, and, and here's the deal, guys, where there are trees near trails, there are roots, right? There are roots. And sometimes, I don't know how, again, you never see it happening, but I'm just, I'm moving along and the, my toe, the toe of my shoe will just hit one of those roots and I'm interrupted. My lovely run is interrupted. I'm in the dirt. And, and, and I wonder if this is your experience on your course towards maturity, because there are roots that will trip us up. And this advancement towards spiritual maturity if we aren't careful, if we aren't watching out for them. And here we are in our Christian life, right? Like doing our best, showing up for the run, doing our Lent guide, reading our Bible plans, right? We're, we're, just, we're just, you know, showing up for the worship or coming. We're doing all that we can. And then out of nowhere, pain hits, pain hits. Someone betrays us. Someone wrongs us, the storms roll in on our sunny day, and we never imagined that we would be there, like face down in the dirt, assessing the damage, assessing the pain, and, and wondering if, if how much of a work it's going to take to get the mud off our hands, right? And what happens next is critical in these moments. What happens next after this initial sense of like pain out of nowhere and surprise and shock if we're going to keep advancing in every season and all the rhythms of life, if we're going to run this course, because we need to learn how to get up off the ground, out of the dirt, to overcome those roots that would entangle us and keep on anyways, keep on advancing, keep on with the intention that God has for us to finish well in this life. And so that's what I want to do today. I just want to learn how are we going to, one little, little, little lesson from the life of David, how are we going to overcome the tangle of the roots that we will experience on this course? Okay. And so we're going to um, dive into 1 Samuel 30. And I just reassured, I have a shorter message today. I know what time it is and we're tired today, but yes, yes, you're welcome. First Samuel 30, we're going to pick up this lesson from David. And here's the background in the story. David has been in this point in his life, he's been anointed king. And yet he isn't actually in that position of king yet. Saul is still the acting and ruling king um, over the nation of Israel. And um, 
But David has like proved himself. He's strong. He's been faithful. And uh, at this point in his career, Saul um, sends David and he's got this big group of like warring men that are following David and they go on adventures and assignments together. And he sends David out in the kingdom and he gives him a little suburb out, out, of, the, out of the way somewhere, his own little town. And they, they have families and kids and they have set up camp. They have this whole community thriving community. And one day, David and his men, they're out on assignment. They're doing what they're supposed to do. And they, all the men go out on this assignment and they come back and they discover that their community has been attacked by the enemy while they were out on their assignment. And they come back and literally the town is burned to the ground. Every house has been destroyed. It's ashes. It's, you know, just nothing is left. It's burned to the ground. And on top of that, all of the women and children have been taken, they've been taken captive. They've been kidnapped by this enemy and taken back to the enemy territory. And so this is where we pick up the story. I mean, this is a route that they have just hit on their course. And they return to this devastation. And here's how bad it is. This is what it says in 1 Samuel 30, verse 4. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. I mean, this is like absolute pain to the core. They are weeping until they have cried every teardrop out of those tear drugs. They are run, run dry. And they are just, they're assessing the damage and they're, they're grieving over the loss of the community. And then in the middle of that, David starts hearing whisperings and scheming from his men in between like sniffles and, and sobbing sounds. He starts hearing like something's happening. There's like a whisper. Something's going on out there, right? He catches some like sideways glances from people. And then he's, he looks closer. He's like, what is that in their hands? He's like, are those stones? And yes, they have stones in their hands. They have dropped their Kleenexes and taken up stones in their hands. And he realizes this. This is what it says in verse 6. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. So David goes from grief to greatly distressed in this moment, like out of nowhere, here we go. Now his men have turned on him and someone has to pay, right? They're so, they're so upset about the loss that they've experienced at home, their sons and their daughters, and someone has to pay. And so they're turning on David, their leader, the faithful leader who has cared for them and raised them up and invested in them and put his neck on the line for them time and time again. His friends, they've turned and they're blaming him to the point where they want his life now. His life is on the line. I mean, guys, this is like root on root out of nowhere. Can you just imagine what David must be experiencing? And so here is the question after he's hit this root. Will he go on? Will he go on? Will he advance towards his destiny? Will he actually become what has been spoken over his life? Will he rule this nation on God's behalf? Because he, in this moment, we all get, like, this is really overwhelming. You could have been so overwhelmed by grief and loss and anger and offense. Like, uh, these people, right? He could have been so overwhelmed by any of those things. The betrayal, the rejection, his own pain of his life. And one small sentence 
One small sentence is the hinge that turns the entire story that connects him to his destiny and his future. And here's what it says. This, it goes on to say this in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. But David found strength in the Lord his God. But David found strength in the Lord his God. I love how so many times in the Bible, these little tiny sentences so simple, but they amount to so much, right? Like, I love how God is like, he does, he makes it so simple because he says, hey, like, even a kid could do this, right? Like, even the simplest among you could do it. You don't have to go to seminary. You don't have to, you know, be in this like training course or whatever. It's just a simple sentence, but he found strength in the Lord as God. And let's talk about this for just a second because we don't have a lot of information, but here's what we can do. We can look at what he didn't do in this moment. He didn't turn to the crowd for validation at this, in this moment. He didn't, he didn't get offended by the stones in their hands and say, well, I'm going to stir over with a whole group of people who aren't going to blame me for this, right? He didn't pull out his resume. He didn't have to like validate himself. He didn't have to prove himself or justify himself in this moment, which he could have. He could have done all of those things. He didn't convince the men to do right. He didn't go start over with a whole nother group of people, right? He didn't rally other people to himself. He didn't stop. He didn't call it quits. He didn't let this current moment hijack his maturity, his spiritual advancement, his destiny. Here's what he did. He strengthened himself in the Lord. Now, again, I don't have details. I don't know. It doesn't tell us what did he actually do. Like, we get the big concept, but David, come on. Like, what did you actually do? What's the practice? Like, don't we love the technique? I want to copy your technique, David, right? Like, did he meditate on scripture and promises of God? Did he worship? I don't know. Did he make some declarations? I I love my declarations, right? Did he, I don't know, did he pray in the spirit? Maybe all of those things. We don't know. We don't know. But, but we have to get to the heart of what he did. Here's what I do know. I know it was a quick response. I know it was an immediate response. In fact, it's all bunched into one verse. How his men have turned on him, but David drew strength from the Lord. It was an immediate response. Kevin and I recently were at a friend's house and they have a big theater room in their house. You know, those big rooms with like a big screen and a projector on the ceiling. And, um, our friends weren't there, but they were like, go ahead, just start a show. And Kevin came up with this genius plan. We are doing our Ted Lasso three pre-party. We're in the season of pre-party, which means we're going back to Lasso two and rewatching. So it's all like, well, you know, we're right there and so we can just go right into three and with all the excitement and hype. Right. And so we're trying to get Ted Lasso two on the big screen. And so Kevin picks up the two remotes and I get settled in my chair and, um, he looks at one and he turns, you know, you turn towards the projector and turn the power on that thing powers on. And then he takes the other one and he's pointing it towards the big screen to get, you know, the channel options. Right. And he points it towards the big screen, pushes the power button, nothing happens. And so then, you know, you try the power button again and nothing happens. And then you go to the input button, right? It's gotta be the input. So he does the input button. Nothing is happening. So then this is what we do, right? He's trying to get the angle becomes a game. Like maybe if I bounce it off of this wall, it'll hit the screen and it will. Right. And so he's like this angle. I'm like, no, try that angle. So he's trying this angle. And then we're like, pew, 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 pew. Right. Don't you do this with the remote? Like it's, if I just get the right angle, this thing will come on. And Finally, he hands me the remotes. Like, here, you try. 
I'm like, okay, like I'll, I'll push the buttons. Right. And so I do all the things that he just did with the same result, like input power, pew, 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 pew. You know, you're trying all the angles, all the, and nothing is happening. And finally I go over to where all the electronics are and I see the charger, the cradle, and I put it in the cradle and we get the red lightning of doom symbol, you know, and we realize there's no there's no battery power. This thing hasn't been on the cradle. It's not charged. And so no, we're not no pre-party until that thing draws its strength. It has to stay in the cradle and draw its strength from that cradle. And that is the picture that I can offer you today for David. How do we get strength? Get in the cradle. I don't know, but I do know that he is the power source and it doesn't matter what angle we're trying to come at with our circumstances. We can only get forward movement when we're drawing strength from the right place, right? So let me ask you, when you hit the roots on this trail, when you find yourself in the middle of of loss and rejection, and I'm saying when you, not if you, when you've been wronged, when you experience loss in your, of your health, in your family, in your loved ones, when you have every reason to be offended by how someone's acting near you, ruin when you're surrounded by those ashes and stones, where do you turn for strength? Think about this for a second. Like, what's the real answer? Where do you turn for strength? Where? Because if we think that if we just can get the circumstance fixed, if we can just logic our way out of it, if we can just convince them, if we can just get validation from maybe the next circumstance, this one didn't go so well, but the next promotion, the next relationship, maybe if I move locations, maybe a new city, maybe a new job, maybe a new boss, if we're constantly going to these, if I can get it like this, and when this happens, then, right? If we continue to go to that for strength, we will always end up disappointed because our jobs come and go. Relationships come and go, don't they? Money comes and goes. Our stuff comes and goes. We can't depend on controlling the circumstance or the next outcome. They aren't stable as they appear. Ask David. Ask David. So if we're going to make it down this road towards maturity, guys, we have to learn to steady ourselves on one thing we can count on, the strength of the Lord, our God. Look at what happens next in David's story. Because he has gotten on the cradle, because he is recharged in the strength of the Lord, he turns to his men and he casts vision and he rallies them. And this is what happens. They go after the enemy. And it says this in 1 Samuel 30, 18, David recovered everything. David recovered everything the Amicalites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. Only in the strength of the Lord. Only in the strength of the Lord can we go into the enemy's camp and recover everything. Recover back what was taken. This is what maturity looks like, guys. That we are able to get uh, ourselves and people around us and go, Hey, 
we have to go get that back, right? We know that, that we have a real enemy that Satan is described as a thief. And so this is what we can expect from this life is that the thief steals and takes things. But God says, you know what? Take my strength and go get it back. Go get it back. Go recover it. Get up from the tangle and go get it back. And this is my desire for my life and your life that we would draw strength from the Lord, that we would continue to advance towards maturity and that we would say, you know what? I am not going to stay here. I am actually going to go get that back and I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take you and I'm going to get yours back, right? Guys, we are surrounded. We are surrounded by cities that are living in, in loss and we need to say it to our families, our neighbors, our schools, our workplaces. Listen, we're going to get that back, right? I know, I know that there's a lot of lost hope. There's a lot of lost joy. There's a lot of a loss of peace. What around you, what around you has been taken? What's been taken from your family? What's been taken from your kids? What's been taken from your friends? Where are you seeing like, you know what? We're not really quite living in the promise yet or the inheritance yet. What isn't flourishing around you? That's a good question to ask. When you see it, I want you to go, there's the bullseye right there. There's the target. I'm going to get strength from the Lord, my God. And we're going to go get that back from the enemy. We're not going to settle right here. So here's what I'm saying for us this week, guys. Let's practice. We get to practice on small things so that we're ready for the big things, right? Let's practice. When trouble arises this week, and I promise there will be a little snag somewhere in your life. You're told we'll get snagged on something this week. When you feel a, a little bit of loss, when you sense something that has been, uh, hasn't really gone your way, maybe it's, again, it's an argument, or maybe it's, you know, something a little bit bigger than that. Maybe you're experiencing some trouble at work. It is an opportunity right there. It is an opportunity for maturity and spiritual advancement. Get up and go right to the source of real strength. Go right to God with that thing. Get your remote control in the charger that he has provided. Draw the strength that you need and get up and move on, right? Like, let's get on with it. Let's get on with it. So that's what I'm asking for us. I'm saying, listen, I know our knee jerk is going to be to draw strength from our circumstances, our reserves, our ability, whatever, our own strength. I know that is our knee jerk. I want us to start going, you know what? But wait, there is a better, there is a source that will actually provide the longevity that I need so I can finish my course on this earth. Strengthen ourselves in the Lord, our God. All right, why don't we stand up and I'm going to pray this over us. You will have an opportunity this week if you have eyes to see it, I promise. And when you hit that root, I want us to turn to God's strength and it might sound something like this. God, I'm here resting in your power, drawing from your strength And here's what we know in Ephesians 1 about God's strength. That it is an incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength that God exerted when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, in every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. Can we draw strength from that? That kind of power in our lives, if you'll go get it. If you'll get yourself to the right source. 
So God, here we are in our remote control lives saying, God, no other supply will do for us. No other supply will do for us that we want to draw from what you have provided. We want to draw from this power. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And you said, here, it's available if you'll get yourself in the right place. And so God, we lay down all of the angles that we've been trying to work, that we think if we just get ourselves maybe over here in this position, if we just get ourselves in, in this relationship or, or under this you know, mentor, or whatever it may be, God, whatever we may put our hope in for a better life, we just lay that down this morning. We recognize, God, that you are the one who supplies every need. You've said according to your glory, the riches of your glory, how extravagant you are with us, God. And so, God, we just come back to this reality, this simple reality that our strength is in you and you alone. God, where we feel the confusion around the way forward, would you just come right now and by your spirit and simplify, just simplify for us. I just feel like for some of us, we've just been kind of, I almost felt like wound up and like not being able to figure out how to advance. And, and God is just coming alongside in just this simplicity this morning and I feel like he's just inviting us to this repeat I'll find my strength in the Lord my God I'll find my strength in the Lord my God I'll strengthen myself in the Lord my God and so I just bless us church I bless us that in this next season To move towards maturity, to move towards maturity that will strengthen ourselves, that we're not dependent on someone else to, to do it for us, to provide it, to lead the way, that we could just do it. We could this is for me right here, right now where I am. It must be a people that finish the course.